If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Episode 45. Season 2 of the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Brought to you by Pinnacle Supplementation. You know the motto, but of course I'm still going to say it. Damn right, make sure you reach your pinnacle. Check out PinnacleSup.com for all of your supplementation and wellness needs. Also, shout out sponsor and supporter of the podcast, G for 313, the YouTube channel for Grant Anderson. I have heard some grumblings. He might make additional podcast appearances, but for now, we will enjoy watching his basketball journey. My people, we are close to another finale episode here on the podcast, so let's get it started. I wouldn't be zizzy without the Mickey. Let's hear from the man himself, Mickey Hines. What is good? I am uh, on cloud nine. The vibes are high. The atmosphere <laughs> is electric. We are back on the pod, talking playoffs, talking about finales, talking about awards. Oh, my goodness. It's a good time awards. to be alive, to be above ground. Let's get it. It is above ground. You're talking about vibes being high. I know it's 420, man, but you can stop with the jokes. You can stop oh, with the jokes. Come really? <laughs> Gee, money, Christmas. I didn't even try. Oh, my goodness. You are kidding. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it. Guys, I promise. I promise he was not intending that. That was perfect. I love it. All righty. Let's get into it. We got a lot to discuss here. The play playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. People are just trying to win a game out here. We talked about it. We got a lot of recap to do when it comes to the NBA. We got to talk about the upcoming finale episode, some awards. It's going to be a crazy one, Mickey. How you feeling? Yeah, but, you know, but first, always got to throw in that person of the week, trying to shout out to those fans. We love to connect with those people. Um, and mine is nice, short, and sweet. I know I shout out the fiance a ton, but Yank, the 75 hard challenge, the thing I've been doing, uh, actually kind of inspired by Justin Fatrell when he did it. But yes. shout out Haley DeLay for being my number one supporter during this journey because, dude, it's hard. Uh, and just someone that's like, well, be like, hey, you got to do this or remind you to do this so that you don't fail in that one day is absolutely awesome. She's on workouts, went on a ton of walks, uh, helped prep, you know lower calorie meals uh it's been an amazing kind of fun challenge tomorrow is the last day which technically when you're going to be hearing this fans i will already have done it most likely as long as nothing goes haywire and i will be celebrating but huge shout out to her for being the biggest support system through a hard challenge a hard physical challenge yeah i mean even just being the guy that's your friend and watching you go through it and finish it up, like that's inspiring enough from just my perspective. So watching you do it, go through it has been super, super cool, but obviously nobody really accomplishes anything without the support of anybody all that much. I mean, it's a mental thing more than it is the physical thing. Um, and to have that person be there to be supportive, of course. I mean, it's wifey. It's wifey, man. We got we to gotta support Haley. We, we oh, appreciate yeah. you always. Uh, it's everything that she does behind the scenes, all the support, even when she's uh, making just little videos, uh, mimicking me doing the intro. I enjoy even that. <laughs> I, I enjoy even that, man. So um, absolutely shout out Haley DeLay. Um, we appreciate you as always as a supporter of the podcast and a supporter of Mickey, the main man. So we will love on that. Um, for myself, I will do, I will be shouting out uh, Dominique Lemon, uh, actually somebody who I had met for the first time on Friday last week. Um, but she works for Americana Elevator um, and basically hosted and allowed me to go to a fishing tournament Last weekend in Tampa Bay. Oh, you uh, catch any fish? Huh? Yes. Catch any yes. fish? Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so went on a fishing trip. It was over in Tampa Bay. Um, we went out and boat for like six hours, whatever. Had a had a captain. Uh, there was a group of four of us, but it was a great time. Uh, we almost placed in the redfish uh, group. We came in fourth um, out of the all the groups there for. Um, just like total length is what they were measuring by. 
So, but we caught a, a good amount of solid-sized redfish, uh, caught a bunch of snook. It was a great time. I hadn't been fishing in quite a while, which is almost embarrassing to say. I used to go like every other day, but it had been a while. Um, it was a great time. Um, and then on top of that, we just had some good conversations just about family, friends, growing up, whatever else. Um, she had was she was from brooklyn new york she had never been on a boat before before that day so that was like a crazy experience for her um and then we were talking about like crypto and currency investment stuff it was it was just super cool to get a different perspective from somebody that i had never met before it ended up being cool and now we're gonna maybe do some investment stuff together so just gotta just love the all around support. Love meeting new people. Love seeing what we can do uh, when we build relationships. So shout out Dominique for my personal week. And that's what it's all about, right there. Just creating new friendships, relationships, spreading those positive vibes, and just being a good person. I mean, just figuring out what that one thing you can connect with and hyping each other up, and just being a good person. And that's a big thing we like to do on this podcast. We like to hype up others, talk about their stories and whatnot with a ton of our interviews. So uh, great person of the week absolutely but we are a sports podcast mickey are we oh, not yeah. we, we got a lot to catch up on basketball baby playoff basketball talk to me you already know we're starting with the defensive player of the year marcus smart first guards is mm-hmm. gary payton yank i'm excited that is awesome marcus smart is just a gritty defender and he's uh you know delight to all these other basketball players like you can play great defense and still make it in the league. Now, Marcus Smart does have a little bit of a three-pointer. He uh, does have a little bit of offensive moves, per se. But, I mean, his bread and butter is defense. And when you're the number one defense in the league and you're showing it right now, as tonight the Celtics just won to take a 2-0 lead, absolutely amazing. This is why I'm so excited. Uh, This is against a really good team. And you go from the buzzer beater in game one, and then Marcus Smart gets defensive player of the year, all that stuff. But, Yank. That buzzer beater, that play, Marcus Mart makes the extra pass where younger Marcus Mart would have taken that shot, but instead he passes it. Jason Tatum catches it with a spin, put him in a washing machine, and hits the buzzer beater. Um, Yank, I was I was actually driving back from Kansas City, but I was freaking out, like jumping out of my seat trying to drive, and it was amazing. Um, that so with that being said, like it was awesome. And then, you know, game two comes in. Oh, my goodness. They get out to a 9-0 run. Bruce Brown. Huh? What? And then after that, the Celtics slowly climb back. And they just play fundamental basketball. They play team basketball, Yank. And you talk about this, you know, quote, unquote, no super teams and whatnot. You just look at the Celtics. And like I said, they're, they're not really playing for just two people. You had Grant Williams come ball out for 17. That was absolutely huge from a role player. You have Marcus Smart, 12, 22, Jalen Brown, Daniel Thies, 15, and 6, almost my uh, 10 and 8 rule there. 16 from Allen, 19. True, true. That's seven players I just named off that had over double digits. And forget about Peyton Pritchard, eight dudes over double digits. That's a team win. And that's what they got to do against this high-powered Nets team. Obviously, keep Kyrie Irving only to 10 points is going to help because you have the best defense in the league. But if they keep on playing this team basketball, they're going to be a scary entire unit to face against. Well, absolutely. I mean, first off, that first game, I mean, honestly, both games. I mean, we I said it about halfway through the first game. We were talking about it in the group chat. This is going to be a hell of a series. Um, oh, yeah. even, even if, let's just say, Boston is up too well, let's just say somehow Boston wins four straight and they would sweat sweep them that would be the most entertaining and crazy sweep or possible anything of the sort that we have ever seen because i mean these first two games have been absolutely electric i mean that first game kyrie irvin coming into hostile territory oh yeah getting into it with the fans going back and forth but putting on a show i mean watching him handle the ball is just absolutely electrifying it's amazing so inspiring to watch um and then like you said i mean the celtics battle back battle back kyrie comes down basically it almost looked like he was back in cleveland hits the shot opposite side but still the same type of three same um right over the defender makes a shot in his face and coming back 
the extra pass, like you said, smart decision. I mean, the great backdoor cut by Tatum behind KD, who wasn't expecting it. And that spin move, oh, oh, it was sexy. Talk to him. It was so nice. Um, but, yeah, that, I mean, right at the buzzer. How about that first game to start off that series? And then tonight, I mean, Brooklyn looked really good in that first half. I mean, like you said, yes, they were limiting Kyrie Irving, but everyone else was getting it done how they needed to in the first half. And then I I just – you can't not credit Boston Celtics, but what is happening to Brooklyn here down the stretch? They are they can't close the game. They cannot close the game. To be outscored by 12 points in the fourth quarter like that, you come into the fourth with a seven-point lead, it's, it's just – it's – baffling when you got two of the best it's players the defense, Jake. You're uh, it is he can't breathe it is but you just sit there and we talk about the brooklyn nets might have the two of the best three players in the entire series yet they can't close down the stretch right now and i mean you have to credit the boston celtics and their defense yes they have the defensive player of the year and marcus smart it all is making sense but i mean you're seeing some of these superstars for the nets get shut down no, it, it's just uh, credit to that defense. I mean, they, the defensive game plan they have right now is amazing. KD can't even dribble. They're getting, making the ball not be in his hands because he's one of the most lethal scorers in the league, and it's working. And their, their help defense is some of the best. I mean, people look at their help defense to critique their other team's defense. So I totally understand, and it's really working. And they've got to close out two. They need two more games, and it's still going to be tough. I mean, they're going to Brooklyn. It's going to be a gruesome battle there as well, but the yeah, big help is the fans is the drama on the side. I mean, it's not really on the Celtics, but more towards Kyrie and whatnot. And Yank, I do have to ask you a question. How do you feel about some of the birds being waved? Some of the, well, how the fans have been treating Kyrie, how Kyrie has been treating the fans. What's your take on that? Well, I always fans in general kind of hold grudges probably longer than they need to. I mean, it's been a while. It's not like Kyrie played for y'all for a long time, but he did say he wanted to stay and then he left. So I get it. It's hard feelings. It's sports. People love to heckle. I am all for talking. I am all for the show. Um, So, I mean, I love it. I love that he's embracing or embracing the dark side as he says, but um, show that energy, court, channel that energy, show it in your play on the court, allow the fans to get into it. If you want to sit there and be courtside and talk and make hand gestures to the players, then you better be able to take it right back because, I mean, it's part of the show. It's part of the entertainment. It's part of the game. Talking has always been part of the game for me. So I, I love it. No, Yank, and I'm the same way. Some of the, you know, more vulgar things, obviously keep that out of the situation. Oh, yeah. But saying, you know, getting after them, booing, you know, trying to get inside their head, that's what fans live for. I mean, us living in the student section, like, once they start talking to you, you're totally right. You've won. You've won as a fan. Like, yeah, you talk to me. Don't worry about your game. You know, sometimes it, you know, goes the opposite way when Grinnell hits a three to win the game against Cornell and we're all like, ooh, that one hurt. But some of those people are gamers like that. They want to, you know, get into it with the fans. They want, like, the entire atmosphere and energy surrounding the entire game. Like a Patrick Beverly, for example. Like, he'll talk to anyone about this or that. You know what I'm saying? And with Kyrie, like, there is that grudge. That he did say, I want to stay in Boston. And then, you know, wants a trade and then gets traded all that jazz and leaves Boston. Then, you know, they come back. He stomps on Lucky. He stomps on their mascot. Like, stomps in the middle of the floor. Like, no wonder fans are upset. But you should be able to accept booze. You should be accept, you know, a few things said in here. Hopefully, you know, you keep it somewhat PG. You know what I'm saying? Like, not talking about this or that. That's really going to be, you know, way too much. We've seen that in the past, right? You keep Absolutely. it clean. But, like, booing and saying, you know, if you say you suck, okay. You know what? Everyone inside of the career has. I have. You have. I'll tell it to you. You'll tell it to me. But you're in the NBA. You don't suck, Kyrie. Like, come on now. You're an NBA champion. Like, relax. Um, yeah. So that's okay. And I love it, too. I'm with you. Like, it's part of the drama. It's part of the series. It's part of the whole game as a whole. You know, you have to take all aspects of the game. So I, I'm very uh, – Yeah, excited. and I mean, it'd be one thing if he was turning around and giving, and giving them all attitude right back and couldn't do anything or was frustrated or was just showing the frustration out on the court. 
But, I mean, he was giving the business to everybody out on the court. It just made it that much more entertaining as a fan to watch because we know the backstory. That's the beauty about sports. There's always a storyline to it. It's not just about the outcome of the game. It's also about legacy. It's about what it means for the people involved. It's it's, it's great. It's a, it's a great part of it. I'm glad it's a part of it. Um, and I'm just – this if there's a series that I gotta pick to watch every game of right now, every it's probably minute. this oh, one. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason we're talking about it the most because of the entire aspect of it. You know, we talked about the fans, the Kyrie, the big storyline, the buzzer beating games, the comeback victories. Like, yay! Oh my goodness, that's a whole story, a whole episode itself. But uh, being up to all uh, makes my heart happy. I'm repping the Jason Tatum jersey well. I'm very excited for uh, Boston moving on forward. Now, I will say this. I will say this. Game one, it comes down to a buzzer beater that, I mean, before that, Kyrie Irving hits the shot of shots to win that game. That game can go either way, obviously. But Boston pulls it out. It's big time. Tonight, Boston does go up 2-0. They close out big time in the fourth quarter. Marcus Smart, absolutely electric. But I do not expect Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to combine for 8 of 30 shooting again in this series. And for this oh, game no. to be as close as it really was, it, I mean, it, it really came down. Because like even though they were going nuts in the fourth quarter, the Nets – would still gave themselves a couple little runs and still gave themselves a chance there at the end. I just I don't believe that they're going to shoot that poorly the rest of the series just because they're almost they're entering desperation mode now. I I just I'm very interested to see what happens with the series going back to Brooklyn. I would not be surprised if this thing gets tied up and we truly go seven games here. Tied up, all right. It ain't going to go tied up, right? I know. Hey, I mean, I said, hey, well. I still. I still had the Brooklyn Nets as my pick in this series, so I gotta, I gotta support it. But I'm just but, saying. Oh, well, I will move on to the next one. But Yank, that's a very poor decision. Just come on over to the good side, to the green side. The grass is greener over here. They're gonna steal <laughs> one, and I understand Kyrie and KD are gonna pop off for one of the games in Brooklyn. Like I know that's gonna happen, but we're already up two all. Let's steal one in Brooklyn and go win it at home. Absolutely. If they steal one in Brooklyn, I mean, then you're looking at three one. And only one team do I really remember being down 3-1 and really coming back. And we, we, we don't need to get into that. Oh, yeah, we will not. But moving on. <laughs> Ethan, please don't start that argument. All right. All right, moving on. What we got? What's the next series, bud? So, I mean, the next series where we got to talk about, uh, there are some things being talked about in our group chat about uh, your Miami Heat. Obviously, I'm going to let you gloat being up 2-0, playing the Hawks. Hey, um, Jimmy Butler's playing so well, though. That's the fun thing to watch here. I mean, this whole series, he's having 33 points. Um, the Heat and the Miami Hustlers, man, they're going to play team basketball as well. Our two teams are very similar in the style of play that they do. And you're really going to hype up Duncan like that. He is not going to be the person that's solely going to go win them this game. <laughs> I never say that. I never wow. say Duncan solely wins okay. the okay. game. But you can't tell me when someone comes out in game one of the NBA playoffs, shoots nine of ten from the field, eight of nine from three. The man had 27. Are you going to still doubt the man? I'm going to doubt him because he won't do it again. America runs on Duncan. Duncan Donuts has been trying to tell us that for years. They've been playing you. They've been setting you up just for this man to play basketball. And for all of us to witness it with our eyes. That's all I'm saying. Okay. This so, man. He, I told you he gets his one game. He got his one game in the playoffs and he used it against the Hawks. I would have saved it for I only, need you know, I only need one game to make my argument. This guy is electric. You take him away, we don't have that same type of momentum. We don't have that same type of game in game one. But it doesn't matter. It happens. We have him. He's a shooter. He shoots it from the parking lot with confidence. I love it. So, yeah, coming out game one, it really wasn't even just that. Um, I mean, I get excited, obviously, anytime Duncan goes off. Um, but 
for me, it was the defense. Um, and it's the same thing that you were saying about your Boston Celtics. I mean, defense wins championships. You guys got the defensive player of the year. You guys play great de- team defense and have been number one in defensive efficiency since January 1st. I get it uh, from you as a Boston Celtics fan. Like, I get um, what you mean when you're talking about defense because for them to come out against the Atlanta Hawks and limit Trey Young to 1 of 12 shooting and eight points. I couldn't tell you the last time I remember seeing Trey Young in a box score have less than double-digit points. Um, so just seeing that and seeing how much that we were flying around to the ball to come out, start the playoffs with a 24-point W, I, I just – I I was ecstatic, obviously. So very happy with that. And then to follow it up last night, uh, again, just playing great team basketball. But I, I'll follow up with Charles Barkley's comments. I mean, Jimmy freaking Butler. That's all you got to say. I mean, the man comes out, he gets buckets. That's why we call him Jimmy Buckets. He's the unquestioned leader of this team. He does look to pass more often than he does to shoot, but when he comes out and plays aggressive like he did last night, we're tough to beat. That's why we're the number one seed, folks. We are the number one seed Uh, with all these great teams that people want to hype up, including our Celtics. We still ended up on top. We are no joke. We're playing the Hawks. I'm not going to get any crazier than this because we're playing the Hawks. No one expected them to win, lose this series. But still, the Heat are going to be a problem for whoever is playing them in the second round because we're going to the second round, just saying. Oh, no, I, I have them going to the second round as well. I got to let you gloat. I got to give you your time since you gave me mine. Uh, but, yeah, Jimmy Butler. I'm man, done. I'm he, done. I'm done. He put, up, he put up 45 tonight, and that's a – big time player like he still got it like that and for him to be playing that type of basketball is kind of scary to look at i know duncan only played six minutes he had zero points for six minutes so he america <laughs> runs on duncan that must be that. I, love um, I know you come in so hot but you got to i mean when you put up 27 you got to talk but i said hey, hey you said, you said i'm cooling the jets man i'm cooling the guns let me let me simmer let me simmer oh yeah you're gonna simmer go to the second round i mean it's pretty obvious there uh, the Miami Hustlers, they're they're gonna they're gonna crush the Hawks. I think I, I think a potential four L sweep. Maybe the Hawks win one because Trey Young puts up like a fifty. I tell you what, I tell you what, I'm waiting for the official announcement on that. You got defensive player of the year. I'm waiting for the sixth man of the year and my boy Tyler Hero. Uh, I don't know. It might be might be a jersey purchase coming shortly. Jersey bet. Put it on the line. Ooh, it might be my jersey bet this year. We go, we make it to the ECF. We win, we went out of the East. Tyler Hero jersey's coming home. Um, yeah. So then I mean, as we continue on, I'm gonna stick in the East here to kind of run through these other two matchups because not much to talk about besides the uh pretty much buzzer beater Joel hit tonight. Um they had a tough battle with Toronto tonight and they won 104 to 101, uh kind of a little redemption day for hitting that shot. And other than that, it's been 15 to 20-point blowouts in game one and two. Yank, this ain't a series. The better team is winning. The Raptors shouldn't be here. Um, I said it in the last one. It's Raptors are very good in the regular season about winning games throughout the season. They're not going to win in the playoffs. The 76ers are really tuning up their car here to move on forward. But you have to look at. Tyrese Maxey is playing some of his best basketball right now. When you have a, your, one of your, your third role, maybe your fourth role player, go off for 38 in game one, um, okay, you're going to take that. So then Joel and James Harden don't have to do half the work. You have to have one of those games in a series, and we always talk about it, Yank, of one guy going off, one role player that's going to steal the show, kind of like Bruce Brown with his nets. Um, with uh, Grant Williams going off for 17 tonight. Like The Celtics needed that to win. So, I mean, Max, he's really coming alive, starting to make a name for himself during the series. I mean, he had 23 in game two. Joel is still doing Joel MVP things. I think uh, Embiid should be MVP as much as I hate it. Joel is a straight-out stud. He uh, is going to take the Sixers to a four sweep, who you got to play next as the Miami Heat. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And that's what we're talking about when we were um, closing out our last episode and everything. We talk, brought up this series and we talked about how we thought the 76ers had a great shot at sweeping here. And I mean, as good as we, as much as we respect the Raptors, because let's be honest, they got championship pedigree. They won that championship. I mean, I, albeit all the injuries and whatnot that happened with Golden State, 
Kawhi Leonard showed up there. They went down, they handled their business, and they won a championship. They still have a few people on that team. I mean, they still have uh, Pascal Siakam, I'm pretty sure. They still have um, Fred Van Vliet. They still have Fred Van Vliet out there. I mean, so they have championship pedigree. They know what it takes to win games, like you said, but they're a regular season team at this point in time. Um, To get into the playoffs, they have to go through the play-in, obviously, and then they do. And you get the 76ers who have superstar power. I will say this. They've won three games. They're up 3-0. I think that they'll close it out in four. Um, I don't see any reason for them not to close it out in a couple days here. But is nobody else worried about James Harden? Looking at this team right now, I mean, uh, no offense, I get it. Like they won convincingly the first two games, and then they win on an incredible shot in OT by Joel and beat tonight. Who I'm with you. I think that's this year's MVP. That's another conversation that we will have when the awards get uh, come out. But it's just like we're through three games. I haven't felt like James Harden has been the highlight of any of those games. Oh, no, and I know no, no. He, and and he just. He doesn't look the exact same level of dominance that I can remember over the past few years. Maybe it's just me, and maybe it's just because I'm trying to like analyze them as I see that they're prepping to play Miami, uh, my Miami Hustlers, in the second round. But it, it's it just I I look at this team right now, and I love the Sixers as a unit. I think they're a very solid squad, but James Harden. Is a question mark. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. It's been someone else's show. I mean, Joel's the head honcho here, and the other role players are kind of helping them out. But that just means, like, throughout the series, James Harden will pop off for one of his games. And when he does, whoever they're playing against, they're, he's going to catch the W. So it's just it's just a matter of time before he pops off. Well, I just say it up because, I mean, I, I agree with you. I would, say, I would think it's only a matter of time, but this is the playoffs, and James Harden has not had many great playoff performances. Not I don't know what it is, but this is really where, for some reason, his level of, of production has seemed to fall off. And right now, he's kind of hiding behind the excellent play of Maxi and um, Embiid, obviously. But he's gonna have. There's gonna be a point in time where he's gonna have to have one of those signature James Harden games or moments. Yep. And if he doesn't bring it to the table, that's all anyone's going to talk about. I'm sorry. No, yeah. Uh, he's got too soon, but obviously when you are playing a, you know, not so good team, you're uh, be chilling. <laughs> Absolutely. So up 3-0, I don't think anybody's ever lost after going up 3-0. I think it's safe to say that they'll move on. It's just going to be a matter of it's, if it's a sweep or not. Oh, yeah. Now, moving on to the last matchup, uh, kind of they did just end up tying it as we just finished off. Uh, while we're recording, they just finished game two. They actually tied up the series, the Bulls and the Bucks. Now, tonight was a little bit different because DeRozan goes off for 41 and Booch had 24 and 13 to go beat the Bucks by three. Now, Yank, as I'm just watching these games, Giannis is a freak of nature. He is legit not yeah. on this planet. He's just yep. jumping around. His he looks like me playing against my third graders in PE class. Like I'm just dunking on kids, stealing rebounds. It's really, really unfair. And when I watch Giannis play these games, that's what exactly I feel like. And yeah, the Bulls stole one. Um, the Bulls are a good team. I mean, they're no uh easy route at the sixth seed. I mean, I projected them to be number three in the league. I was pretty close on that at the beginning of the year. So. You know, the Bucks are going to lose one. Like, I think I said Bucks in five. But they'll come back and bounce back, you know, moving forward as let Giannis get a few more minutes here and there. And if it's really crunched down, Giannis will take over the game. It is just so unique. His play style is just insane. And you're talking about, like, watching true talent, like experiencing greatness. You're watching it when you watch Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, I mean, they call he's his nickname is literally the freak. It's not just the fact that we look at him as a freak in nature. It's everybody looks at him like that. Um, on top of that, 
his character, his morale, the way that he carries himself and kind of interacts with the fans and the media and stuff. I mean, how can you really not like Giannis Antetokounmpo? I mean, he is a generational talent and one of the best at what he does. So it's always interesting to watch him play. But you're right. The way that he – the power and the distance that he covers with every stride, I don't know how you stop him when he's coming downhill. If he gets a step or a head of steam in the right direction, he's almost unguardable. And they used to – I mean, we saw the Miami Heat do it in previous playoff series. We've seen some other teams try and implement it, and it had slowed him down. Was that that wall defense that kind of like zone three man across put a wall in front of him and force him to make a basketball move. Let me tell you folks, Giannis has basketball moves. The guy is making Euros. He's hitting turnarounds. He can pull up and transition and hit some threes down, down uh, then like he is scarily developing his game from season to season. And like, He's one of those crazy freaks in nature that, like, he didn't need to get any better. But the fact that now he has these shots, now he has some finesse moves, he he's getting to that point to where, with the size, the strength, the the skill set, he is really almost unguardable. So it it is incredible to watch. He's part of. He's the major reason why I still give the Bucks the edge in this series, even though it got tied up tonight. I mean, this is what we talked about when it came to the Bulls in this series. I mean. DeMar DeRozan, I think you have candidate, if not your pick for MVP at some point this season. Uh, I mean, but, there was a point. You know, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there was a point in time where he was just had that crazy uh, Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robertson type stretch when it came to point scoring. And then obviously all the game, it was like game winner after game winner, it felt like for five games. Um, but this is kind of when you look at this series, this is the only way, in my opinion, that the Bulls win this series is if DeMar DeRozan continues to absolutely go He's for gotta it. He's got to put up 40. He's got to put up 40. He's got to put up 35 to 40 a game, and his role players got to somewhat be there. Zach Levine's got to somewhat be there. Um, I mean, it's just – it's sad to say, but it's literally what they have – it's what they have to get out of DeMar DeRozan for them to stand a chance in this series, and I just don't think that's sustainable, obviously. Um, especially in playoff basketball where teams are very good at making adjustments and making defensive uh, changes to be able to kind of curb anyone that's going off or is getting the hot hand. So I don't think he'll sustain it. And in the end, it'll become the Bucks that probably win this series in six. Yeah, I, I could ship that, the Bucks in six. Um yeah, the Bulls. I think the Bulls will have another good game, especially at home in Chicago. Uh, great atmosphere there. As I went there as well to watch the Bulls and Hornets play, but they'll they'll come back and win another game, maybe go up two one. But I think the Bucks just slowly take over here soon because they'll know that the Bulls aren't no joke. Absolutely, my guy. Now moving to the West, Yank. I'm low key scared. The Golden State Warriors are all the way back. They are – I'm legit watching them, and I'm saying to myself, oh, my soul, I would not want to play them right now. They are putting the Nuggets in shambles. They are making them argue with each other. They absolutely hate life. While you're seeing Jordan <laughs> Poole go off right now, he's having an amazing playoff debut. He's been hanging out with the Splash Brothers at breakfast, getting tips about how to play in the playoffs, and it's just scary. And you have to also remember, like, Draymond Green's kind of the glue guy who's going to get you your five, five, and five, but, like, just be that leader on the court. Forget about Andrew Wiggins, who is an all-star starter, who's still going to be doing his thing, which he has been. And role players like Otto, uh, Otto Porter Jr. and Kevin Looney are huge. I mean, I'm taking – Otto Porter could probably start for the Nuggets right now because of the injury bug that they had. Shout out the Nuggets. Thanks for coming out type of mentality here. But, Yank, I am legit scared of this Golden State Warriors team because they might just go to, they might just go to the championship. I mean, if I had to make my way too early bet, I'm taking the Warriors all the way. Like, to lose to my Celtics, obviously. But, like, coming out of the West, I'm going Warriors. Solely off the two games. Probably shouldn't do that. But if they keep this up, I would love to watch it. I'm just so happy that you're finally – 
coming over, coming to sense with this team. Like, I've been saying it all year. I had him as a pick as the number two team in the West from the beginning of the season. I mean, this team, as long as you can say that they were going to be healthy and they had enough time to get it together, their chemistry, the talent, their developmental skill as an organization, because think about it, pretty much all of these guys were drafted by them and developed or brought up through the G League or made in trades as a young as a young player and now – here we are because not just the leadership of Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, whatever else, but just organizationally, the coaching from Steve Kerr to the supportive, the supportive role players around everybody. This team is just so fun to watch. It, they, they, the amount of offense they scored. 71 points in 20 minutes last Yeah, it, it was just unconscious. They're legit just turning around on threes, dancing, like, oh, I made it. Great. It was ridiculous. We're talking floor. about, and when you're talking about Jordan Poole, the emergence of this player, I mean, to come out and do 30 points in your playoff debut, come out, follow it up with, what was it, 27 or 29, 29. or something? Yeah, 29. Uh, he is splashing them too. I mean, you were talking about being a part of the new member, the third member of the Splash Brothers. I mean, yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, his last name is Pool. It's a pool party <laughs> out here. Like the man oh, is boy. shooting from the logo. I absolutely love it. Um, and then of course, when you have Steph Curry, who is just hotter than fish grease coming off, he's barely even playing his normal minute load. He's kind of just been coming off the bench for the most part. And he's coming out here and scoring 35 points, 34 points, whatever it was, in, what, 20 minutes? I, I mean, Stephen Curry is just doing Stephen Curry things. Clay Thompson has just been so efficient um, as far as just, I mean, yeah, we haven't seen the crazy 35-point, 40-point explosions that we used to see. But if you leave that man open, he's making it. And then, of course, like you said, fourth and final member that you can't forget about, Draymond Green. Might not blow you away with the stats. Might be a 5-5-5 five, five, and five type of night. But that team is different when he is on the floor. Just energy levels, defense, and just absolute IQ from him. The way that he sets up Stephen Curry, the way that he finds the right person after on a correct pass, uh, he's an absolute unquestioned leader on that team. And when they have been firing in all cylinders, like you said, like – the Nuggets have the MV- a former MVP and an MVP candidate of, for this season on their team, and he he's just absolutely losing his mind. He's getting ejected early in games at this point just out of pure frustration. It's kind of crazy to watch them just pick apart the Denver Nuggets. I love the saying, the pool party. Uh, I'm not necessarily coming over to your side. I'm just watching them play in the playoffs, and they're playing some of their best basketball offensively i mean they're you, just not missing... you just said early pick you take them to win the no, west okay. Come on. Well, in, in, in the first round in two games into the first round early i mean they're not in the semis or anything like that i'm not okay. saying early i'm saying yeah. right now after the entire season happened and two playoff games now i can kind of lean that way because i mean we don't even really have to talk about these next few series because if we talk about the suns and pelicans yeah yank they're tied um, but don't worry, Devin Booker's still going to be giving babies some nucks, and they're going to go and win in five. I think the Pelicans cool. Brandon Ingram went off. It shows that the Pelicans have a ton of potential next year, especially when Zion comes back if he stays with that team. And Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Aiton, they're going to do their thing. They're going to grind out in five or six. It'll be a harder battle than they thought, but I think they might even have an easier matchup uh, against either the Mavericks or the Jazz. But any uh, – things about that Suns-Pelicans matchup? I mean, I can't say that I'm not sitting over here right now raising my eyebrows. Oh, yeah, same. I mean, just with the fact that they do lose last night to to tie it up, but that's not the big thing that you take away from that game. Then To me, it's, it's the Devin Booker injury. True. The hamstring injury, because we're talking about hamstring tightness, anything. You Even if he comes back and is able to play in this series – He's. I'm sure that it's going to be ginger. I'm sure that he's not. It's not going to be something he can fully go on without the possibility of tweaking it. 
and a hamstring, you, I mean, you mess that up at this point in the season, you're done. You're done. You're never going to be the same player for the rest of this season, for the rest of these playoffs, especially with the kind of defensive intensity that opposing teams come to your arena with. Like you're just, you're not going to be able to maintain that same type of workload. And that puts a lot on the shoulders of Chris Paul, who has been fantastic. And he is point God, as we all love to say, but Chris Paul is what? 38, 30, like that. He, he ain't built to carry a team necessarily just like that anymore on a weekend, on a day in day night, a day out basis. You know what I'm saying? So um, I do worry about the Suns a little bit with Devin Booker's injury and especially moving forward because um, who's to say he'll be fully healthy again the rest of these playoffs. Um, I guess we'll see when he comes back just how gingerly he's operating and doing everything, uh, uh, cutting to the paint, whatever else. But going to be yeah, interesting yeah, to that, see. I, I totally went over my head because I'm just thinking like, I'm not even sweating about it if I'm the Phoenix. Well, no, I mean I'm not sweating the Pelicans at all. Even with the even with him being injured, I think Chris Paul gets gathers the troops, the supporting cast member, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johns. I mean they're they're a fantastic team, and then a number one seed in the West. I mean you don't doubt them regardless if they have Devin Booker or not. But moving forward. I mean, I was looking at them as a very competent, um, probably most people's pick to come out of the West. Right now, I am so happy that I was talking up Golden State because, I mean, if I had to pick, I'm like you. I'm taking them and come out the West all day right now. Yeah, and the big debate is can the Suns win without Devin Booker? I still think they can. No, I think they won't win. Players. They won't win much more. I think they might be out second second round if he's not playing. If, if, if Book's still got him, like hamstring injuries, yeah, they aren't no joke. You know, if you're trying to go full force, you're trying to go for a dunk. Um, it, it's a really tough injury to you know battle and stay consistent with while playing on the court, but. Maybe, but talking about that next series, Yank, is Utah Jazz versus Dallas, depending if the Suns win. Um, they're tied one to one. And I kinda wanna say the same thing, like, oh, don't flex, it's been Dallas. Luca has been playing and whatnot. But this Jalen Brunson comes in and balls out in game two and solely wins them the game in my eyes. And the first game they only won by six, the Jazz did. The Jazz, a lot of people want to say, are flukes. They are. They shouldn't be here. They're kind of like that Raptors team where they only won in the regular season. And I don't want to get behind it. I think they are dominant. I mean, you have Donovan Mitchell going off for 34 and Bojan going off for 25. But it hurts when you let up 41 to Jalen Brunson. And, you know, Max Kleber. Maxi Clubber, I remember talking about him. I think I remember talking about him a series yeah. ago. Yeah. Year ago. Yeah. He had 25. Yeah. You're letting these guys who shouldn't be the stars of the show lighten it up. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm kind of scared for the Jazz. A Luca-less Dallas Mavericks team is tied with the Jazz. Right now, if Luca comes back, I think Mavericks win this series. And I have the Jazz winning this series. So if Luca comes back strong and like his injury goes off to the side and he can play a hundred percent and D book still out. I mean, we're talking about second round stuff here, Yank, but that's going to be another series that if you want to watch good intense basketball or like a good game, you watch that series and it's going to be a, I think a game seven for sure. And I really hope the jazz pull it out, but it's going to be a 50, 50. Uh, I mean, it is going to be a, I mean, it's going to be, a good series i yeah. can't really like it's gonna Sorry, be a great yeah it's gonna be a great series however i was doing some sports gambling the other day you know what i'm saying and when i had to pick the underdog game i was definitely picking the mavericks to win without luca people knew he wasn't going to be playing game two they were probably going to come in and um, but they as in the jazz they were going to come in a little bit soft probably feeling good about themselves the Mavs are a solid team. They're the higher seed in this series. Like, they're playing yeah. at home without Luka, and they're still able to get a win. If Luka comes back to this series at all, and it sounds like he probably will around game four, they, I'm telling you, if, if Luka comes back, they might not lose a game again the rest of this series. I think that the Mavericks are the better team. 
I'm with I I'm not with you on this whole uh, jazz train anymore. They've been around for too long at this point. They've been around for the last few seasons. Oh, uh, last three two. Seasons. Come on now. Uh, whatever. Last two, last two. Okay, last two seasons they've been a top seed, and then what are they done with it? What are they done with it? They ain't done nothing. Here they are. They are going against a Luca list. Luca list. It's literally his team. They don't got Kristaps anymore. Like Luca is the the sign, the show attraction in Dallas, and you can't get a win against them without him. Like does not bode well for me if you're talking about the Jazz in the future. Just saying. I know that they're missing Jamal Murray. Uh, uh, well, no, that's actually that Denver Nuggets. So no, I'm not even getting there. I'm just saying. I feel very, very. Weakly confident. I, I don't. Hey, you're. I think you're leaning too much on the one game where Jalen Brunson goes off. If he doesn't go off for 41, the Jazz still win that. I think they might push that game seven. And that's not on the Jazz for letting Jalen Brunson drop 41 on their head. Like it's the backup. Hey, so like we just talked about Yang. Sometimes in series, you got to have that one role player that just pops off for a game. I mean, Bruce this, Brown. What is this? What is this? The last dance. Sometimes it's LeBramford Smith's night. Like, what are we? You, you, you see it all the time, though, in every single series. One guy who's not the head honcho, not part of the big three, etc., goes off. I mean, last year there was a. Uh, for the uh, Reggie Jackson for the Clippers. Yeah, he's technically the number three, but he went off playing like a number two, number one. So, I mean, you have these things. You have these times where these players who aren't, you know, in the paper every week, they go off and it happens and the Jazz will bounce back and still, you know, like a 60-40 win percentage in my book. You're not wrong because – you're, I mean, you're just technically right. Like, obviously, yes, there can always be one person that balls out. There's always a chance for that team to pull something crazy out of their hat. But, like, no, Luke, <laughs> I just don't. I just cannot emphasize that enough. Like, if you take – I would love if anybody if, – if Jalen Brunson had not gone off for 41 points the other night, would any of us even know – who else is on that team besides Luka Doncic? Yeah, you kind of right. <laughs> I right, right. If drop forty-one points on their heads. I do not think that we'd be sit- we'd be scratching our heads who to even talk about when it comes to this series. That is my point when it comes to the Jazz. And yeah, I mean it's a tied series at the end of the day. We'll see what they do on Thursday. I think that's the next time they play. I might be completely wrong on that because of the travel. But uh, lastly here, our last series, uh, like I said, we'll talk about this one all quick here so that we can get to the fun part. Uh, but Memphis and Minnesota, can't believe it's tied one-to-one. The Grizzlies came back. Jaws' attitude and, you know, the tenacity he has right now is awesome. I was listening to the press uh, post-game interview, and he's like, hey, it's just game one. Like, we're fine. And then talking about, like, if you ain't with us then, don't be with us now type of stuff. I was like, okay. Like people are oh, he, was pulling, he was pulling clips from the last dance out, man. Yep. Like he was serious. This is game one and he was hurt after losing game one. Oh yeah. And I think they, they're gonna thrive. They're a young squad. They're gonna beat the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves will put up a fight. They're playing some of their best basketball. But you're the seventh seed. You know, they still don't have I mean, Cat's nice with it. Ant Man, everyone's freaking out. Oh, he scored thirty some points in his first playoff game. He's better than Lamelo. Calm down. All right, they're going to lose round one, Cat, and he has a way better team. I mean, he has D'Angelo, Russell, and Cat as part of his quote-unquote big three for that team. Like, if LaMelo had that, stop. They'd be a three seed, all right? I'll take that into this is so fast if LaMelo actually had a team around him. That is a debate for another day, though, comparing Ant-Man to um, LaMelo. Anthony Edwards is awesome. Don't get me wrong, Yank. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be the sole power, the superstar to uh, beat this team. I think Jaw continues to be great. I think they get after it, and their young talent really electrifies here moving on forward. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you drop a game. The team doesn't have all that crazy amount of playoff experience, but they're one of the best teams in the league. I mean, when Jaw was not even playing for a while, they were still almost – 
I don't know, like 25 and nine or something like that. Some crazy record, even when he wasn't playing. They are just an all around great team. And for Ja to be the leader and the orchestrator, like the energy that the team has by coming out and setting that standard after dropping game one and being that vocal voice, even on social media and for the fans, whatever else, like, hey, like I'm here to play. Like, this is like, you want to talk? You better talk when the score is zero zero. I don't want to hear it if you up by five. Like I, I love all of that. I love the energy. Watching him play, electric, because he's not the biggest guy, but he will take anybody to the rack full force. He is full go, full tilt, full time, and it makes for entertaining basketball. It's awesome to watch. Um, yeah, I he'll think, slay any giant. He'll go up oh, with the best. Of he does not care who you are, what you make. And he's so fat. He's so fast. I mean, honestly, when I watch him, I mean, he's got the deeper voice even to match it. I mean, I this is to me. I love watching him because this is DB as a professional. <laughs> Shout out to the listener DB out there. I know that you out there, bud. But it's literally him in the professional basketball association. I I just I love it. So that is exactly what I think of when I watch this team and I watch and I think that they will end up pulling this series out of um out. But don't sleep on the Timberwolves. I mean, when you got Big Cat and Ant Man, like, I mean, they got some talented players over there. And I mean, they can go off at any time. We've seen Big Cat drop 60 this year in three quarters. We've seen Anthony Edwards drop 36 in his playoff debut. Like, we know that they can do some special things. So, not going to count them out completely. But at the end of the day, the better team usually always comes out on top. And I think that's Memphis here. Yeah, Yank. Uh, the Methane Memphis, like you said, pulls through. Jaws electric. Uh, very good comparison there. Um, Yank, it's only the first round and two to three games in each, and we can already talk about so many huge storylines. So this playoffs has been just as good as we thought it would be. Um, we went so long talking about this playoffs, which has been awesome. I can't wait to keep on talking about it. But we also have very big major news and we we do i mean we're getting down to it you want to inform the people oh yeah yank so now we are we are closing in on our second year of running this podcast it started during the pandemic everyone knows they started something during those times during quarantine and here we are we're two years later we're still trying to grow ourselves get better at the whole podcast game and we came up with the awards last year kind of like every podcast every show they have awards at the end of their quote-unquote season i mean this is our podcast season this is when we started this is where a year starts and begins and we have the awards and we're keeping the five major awards from last year now for today everyone who's listening we will recap those awards and also talk about uh drafting the all-star listener game super stoked for that your boy's gonna go back-to-back champ for that but before we get to that yank uh you're one of the things we were talking about before uh, talking today was the best and worst takes. I know this is one of your favorite segments where Absolutely. we each nominate our own, what win our opinion, it was the best and worst take. And then the other host votes yank last year, your worst take was Penn state t- uh, making the college football playoff. Ooh. Mine was my connect four skills. Uh, pretty Ooh. legendary things. If you actually think Ooh. about how long ago, both, that was. both horrendous. It really was, and you know, obviously they're hot <laughs> takes for a reason. And I still haven't got better at Connect Four, um, but that's okay. And Penn State, I think, got worse last year. It's okay. I mean, I, obviously, we do the awards not only just to recap the entire season from uh, this past year, but just—I mean—it's another way to have fun with the fans, another way to have fun with us, and kind of just bring up stuff that we were either way right on or we can talk our smack or we were way off and the other person gets ready to make fun of you. So it is what it is, but I I love doing this and it's definitely going to be fun bringing it back for the fans. Oh yeah. And the worst take will be, you'll see the nominations later on Twitter. So go vote who you think we'll have those nominations up later. We don't want to spoil the news now. No, no, not just yet. Come on now. We still got this whole other uh, pre-finale, but we still got, this pre-finale re- episode to wrap up here, and then obviously then you get the at the end. Then we get to hear all the results, all the fun. So we're going to oh, be yeah. doing a bunch of stuff 
this week all on social media leading up to everything and make sure you guys get involved. It'll be a great time. Yeah. Also with that best take last year, you had the preseason, you've had it two years, two years in a row uh, predicting the Super Bowl champion. And then I had Mitch Trubisky being the best QB possible for the bears last year. Um, That was my best take last year. We also have the, another award, the moment of the year where we just choose the best sports moment in the past podcast year. Um, we both agreed it was the playoff bubble success last year. We have so many awesome things happening in sports. Uh, so we'll have maybe a different uh, thing for the moment of the year this year. Then the last two awards are more about the fans. Now, Yank, before we get to the, the listener game, uh, the most valuable interview. Now, the interview we Now, yeah. We take the three top listened interviews of season two or the season that we're in and we put them for a week. We put, repost them and we say, how many more views can your episode get in this one week in the final week, right? The final week of season two, how many more views can you get? Last year's champion was Nolan Tubal. He was, uh, he has edged his name in stone in Mickey's Izzy podcast history being the first ever most valuable interview. And we got three new nominees, Yank. Are you ready? Absolutely. Talk to me. I'm excited to put their uh, stuff back out this year. Yeah, so obviously we'll be posting them next week. This comes out uh, a little bit later. Then we're actually talking about it. But at the number one slot is Bo Cornwell. He is the Luther transfer. We had an awesome interview with him. The favorite. Yeah, he's the favorite right now. He had a ton of views, a ton of people commenting on it as well. So he's your number one going into it. Now, remember, it's not about who has the most at the end, but whoever gains the most views in the finale week. At number two is the Super Bowl champion, Tristan Wirfs. Uh, I think we get one RT from him. That might change the news, but we really will see what happens with his interview. And then at number three is actually recurring guest. Hunter Wright made the final. He made the top three this year. Um, so he's going to have a chance to become a most valuable interview champion. They're you starting also to recognize his name. An award. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty high honor. Yank. I mean, they get a free t-shirt and they get an award, a, a frame award to put up wherever they want. Like that's pretty bougie. Hey, I mean, it's pretty stellar, man. I know that any type of memorabilia, any type of, uh, stat achievement marker, whatever you want to call it, trophy, anything like that. I'm all for it. And now, lastly, Yank, we've already talked about kind of introducing all of these awards. Uh, we're super excited because we're really going to dive deeper in the finale episode for the All-Star Listener Game. Yank, this is where we choose our three top listeners who we think listen to the podcast. And they take a survey, 10 questions. It's actually 11. Uh, 11, and whoever gets the best score wins. Your boy won 83 to 46 last year out of 126 points. Um, it was electric last year. You also had a, a goose egg for one of your people. So hopefully you uh, went to the drawing board for a new draft. Cause obviously as we do this, we have to redraft and we're drafting right now so that we can give them the entire finale week to take this survey. Yank, are you ready? Oh, are we doing, we're doing coin flip though. I'm assuming. Correct. Oh yeah. For that. Cause that first pick is crucial. All right. All right. It's big time. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to even call in Haley into the room. She's still up right now. She will be judging as well. Heads and tails. All righty, Yank. Since you lost last year, I'll be the gentleman here. What are you taking, heads or tails? I'm taking heads. Oh, that was a mistake. Tails never fails. Here goes the flip. Tails. Let's go. Oh, come on. Huge. Bull. I call bias. Never I call wife bias. Hey, tails never fails (laughs) in Yank. I already know. Like, I already I have it all planned out. My top four to five picks, depending on what you choose and whatnot, Yank. But I am so happy with this pick. I'm going with the Robster. Robin Delay, Haley's mom. Uh, she was the MVP. No, no, dang it. She's the sleeper. Yeah, no, she she is the MVP last yeah, year. She's, she's coming back. It. She was on uh, it last year. Yep. She's got to come back to Team Mickey and help me to another W. Yankee okay. four, first pick. 
It's hard between a few of them, honestly, at this point. Um, but I'm going to go with the man, Daniel Brown. Oh, Daniel Brown was your MVP last year. He actually scored the second most points in the That's why, hey, You got to go back to what works, man. You got to go back to what works. All righty. See, okay, that's a very safe pick. I am uh, definitely see why you did that. He was kind of up there, too. I really was going Robin's second pick. I can't believe that you did that. Oh, I had to. I mean, it was oh, a no-brainer. I thought maybe you were going somebody else, but okay. Well done. Well oh, done. Yeah. Well, my next pick is going to be Cheyenne. Mino. He was also on the team <laughs> last year. Jeez. I'm yes. getting frustrated over here. He was I mean he was on the team last year. We talk all the time. He said this is his second most listened to podcast because we only post once a week. Uh he knows the show. He listens from start to finish. Uh Cheyenne's gonna I think ball out this year and really prevail team Mickey to the championship. Or um, we're already in the championship. What am I talking about? To the victory. You know, that's fine. If you want, but if you want to do this, you want to play like this. We're gonna play hardball. The second pick for Zizzy's All Star Listener game this year is gonna be Haley Delay. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. She, okay. I got a feeling. I got a feeling that not only does she is she forced to listen to us make all these, does she always check in and kind of know what's going on she's the competitive drive to beat you is gonna help me in this scenario i can i feel it in my bones Haley. i need it i have a puzzled look on my face <laughs> uh it was no disrespect to her i wasn't gonna choose her she was gonna help me out the survey uh and clean it up but now she can't be my editor she is no longer an editor she's a competitor uh, she's over here already, you know, <laughs> snapping her finger saying, yep, here yeah. we go. Uh, wow. Things just got very interesting here in the all-star listener. Game. I got an insider. Call her Adam Shefty. Let's go. Uh, an insider. Oh my goodness. I got to keep the answer key away from her. Uh, all right. It is Sherry electric here. Now yank with my third pick. Now, sorry, mm-hmm. Hunter Wright, I'm dropping you from the squad from last year's team. Wow. We're making a free agent move, and we're going to go with Steven Ruiz. Very good. No. I mean, I was really thinking about this, and you kind of took DB. I knew I probably wouldn't get him at my number three here. But he's also another friend, a good friend of ours, that says he listens a lot and he really enjoys our content. And we'll talk about sometimes what we say. So I got to go with him. Got to go with the pops to really bring home the uh, championship for me. I'm feeling strong about my picks. You know, I really almost just went DB scuba just because it. I mean, that was our pledging class. <laughs> I mean, why not? Like it was. It's that's all time right there. Um. But I really didn't think I didn't think you were gonna come back to swoop him up. I was that was gonna be an easy third pick Ooh, for me. We were gonna move on in. That's what I'm saying. You out here stealing two of my three draft picks out here on the draft board. I gotta come out here and use my pencil and a racer right now. <laughs> oh goodness. But geez, I'm kind of throwing for a loop here. I got like three names here now. I just gotta pick. Cause I'm not gonna lie, I'll, I'll even give everyone. I don't know if I can give everyone my my options. <laughs> I was about to tell everybody what the last three names I had written down right here are, but I'll, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, woo! Let's stay on the revenge tour, Hunter Wright. Welcome to this what? team, baby. You are what? Yes, sir. So. So people who don't know, Hunter was on my team last year. He scored the least amount of points for my team. I dropped him, and Zizzy's picking him up in season two. The comeback season. All righty. Well, Mr. Zizzy, that is it. The teams are set for the season two all-star listener game. We have some uh, 
two timers here. Most of them are two timers. Some uh, new all stars to the game. Uh, like I said, we will be sending out a 10, uh, 11 question survey. And out of 100, I think it ends up being 137 points. Whoever's team scores most of the accumulated score wins this game. I was the champion last year, but new teams, new adventures, new questions, new season. Uh, Yank, that is one of the best ways I think we can end a episode here on the podcast. We're getting the fans involved and Yank, it's okay. We're going to go back to back. Call me Drake. I feel at most confidence with my squad. Hey, I'm already feeling more confident because the season, the entire season score between you and I is looking a lot much better this year compared to last year. So I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling the revenge tour. Haley, I know you hear me, girl. Don't let me down over there. I need it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be electric, baby. I cannot wait. This is going to be awesome. But for sure – Great way to end it. Uh, definitely getting close. I mean, this is the pre-finale, everybody. Get ready. Next one's going to be coming in hot. You got any final ones? Are you good, bud? Uh-oh. Well, I done lost my mans. But in that case, everybody, if you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Hey.